Thanks for tuning into this week's Stacker Chat, your weekly update on all things Stacks. My name is Gina Abrams, and I'm joined by Muni Bali, Stacks founder. Stacks is smart contracts for Bitcoin. Thanks so much for being here, Muneeb. Uh, it's only the third week of January, and we're seeing a ton of exciting stuff happening in the Stacks ecosystem. So let's jump right into it. Um, this week, Alex launched, um, and also Coinbase Exchange announced support for Stacks. So what are some takeaways from these announcements? I think the Alex launch is super exciting because uh, the Stacks infrastructure is really for developers and it's for people to come in and build interesting things. So I think what the team at Alex is doing is they're basically running ahead with building uh, really an entire suite of like DeFi protocols. And they are, uh, are a great team. Like it's amazing to kind of like, you know, interact with them, work with them. Uh, there are the level of excitement and the speed at which that they are moving is like very, very high. I think I was, I was just uh, chatting with the founder, uh, Tiante, and she said that um, their uh, WeChat group in China for Alex has something like 20,000 members on it. And that's, that's just over the last like three months or something like that. So I think that's, that's always great to see when uh, app developers and builders are actually bringing real use cases to the ecosystem. And then they're uh, bringing in users, like real users. Like I, I would I would like nothing more than seeing like a ton of actual real usage of these protocols, right? Like we know Bitcoin is amazing. We know Bitcoin is great sound money, but some of the ideas around actually using Bitcoin in smart contracts and making it productive, they remain theoretical, right? Obviously Stacks has made a huge progress and dent towards that, but it is really like seeing these uh, app developers and when they bring real utility and users get excited about using those applications. Like, I think that's where the magic happens and that's where the spark happens. So obviously there was a ton of interest in the launch of uh, Alex. And that is also pointing out the need for scalability solutions as well. I think I've seen a bunch of uh, screenshots of mempool being at the highest level ever since the launch of Stacks. And I think that's a clear indicator that we're reaching a point now where the uh, base layer, like the like the main Stacks chain, which is optimized for decentralization, uh, is kind of like getting at capacity. And we need scalability solutions uh, to roll out pretty pretty quickly. All right, we'll dive a little bit deeper into that. Um, but then another update that I think a lot of folks were so excited to see was just around the, the Coinbase Exchange announcement too. Um, so I'm curious about what, what you foresee with that announcement. Yeah, I mean, it's obviously very exciting that a large exchange like Coinbase is coming in and, and supporting stacks. And the way I view this is like, it's always good to increase access to users and developers. Like that's 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 why I think exchange listings to me are are important. That if there's any developer out there, especially people like who are in the U.S. who don't have good access to uh, getting access to Stacks because they want to use it in the application or they want to actually debug their application and then deploy something, like th that is great. Obviously, there's this element in in crypto where people sometimes are just too focused on exchange listings and whatnot. And I think uh, the way I see our community is, is that, you know, we are focused on long-term. These things are obviously helpful, but um, 
it's the actual usage of the network and it's how decentralized it is and how many developers are coming in and building real applications. Like that's the, those are the kind of things that matter in the long run. So I think our, our focus basically needs to remain on, on building. Uh, exchange listings are, are obviously nice. We appreciate it. And one thing I do want to point out is that Stacks is a very decentralized ecosystem. So it's not one of the cases where there's some single big company behind it that kind of like work with Coinbase to make it happen. Like, you know, the, like independently, a lot of exchanges are coming online. It's a decentralized network and anyone can kind of like plug their exchange on the network and enable broader access for people. And that's great to see when, when, when people come in and do that, especially uh, large players like Coinbase. Absolutely. Now, um, as you mentioned, with increasing um, just activity, there's also a lot of interest in speed. Um, so can you talk about any updates when it comes to um, subnets? I believe it might be called hyperchains now. And how should we think about them in terms of other scalability, scalability solutions out there? Yeah, I did a Twitter poll between the two names, and uh, it looks like a lot of people really like the name Hyperchain. I think that can be the placeholder when the uh, research paper for that comes out, the, the architecture paper that outlines how they work. But I think in, in general, the way to think about this is that we saw a bunch of L1s come online in the, in the last year, and a lot of them tend to really focus on speed. And under the hood, there's always a uh, speed versus decentralization trade-off. And a lot of the systems, they're actually making decentralization trade-offs really to give you higher speeds, right? Because you need much more higher powered nodes to be miners. You need like high bandwidth requirements often to run some of these newer consensus algorithms. And, and SACS wanted to have, um, wanted to go with the ethos of Bitcoin so that anyone with a laptop or even like a Raspberry Pi can run a node anywhere in the world and be able to independently verify the state of the chain. But we fully realized that uh, from a UX or even developer experience perspective, it is important to have uh, really fast transactions. Uh, so the in, in our e ecosystem, people are working on multiple solutions. The stuff that I'm focused on is this hyperchains uh, slash subnets idea. By the way, subnets are, uh, are a term also being used in Avalanche. And we actually share some uh, similarity to like our design has some similarity to what uh, Gunther has done uh, in, in Avalanche as well. But obviously there, there are big differences here, especially given the settlement to Bitcoin, which is a very unique thing over here, that whatever transactions you're, you're doing on a hyperchain, it can actually get settled on Bitcoin, which is a very unique property. Like imagine uh, when Solana goes down, um, it's actually unclear to me at what state does the system come back online and how it comes back online, right? And but but in our in our system, uh, given that we automatically settle information on Bitcoin, uh, if something bad happens on a hyperchain, uh, you can always roll back to the last known Bitcoin settlement, which everyone can agree on, right? Because Bitcoin is decentralized, anyone anyone can verify what was the last settlement on Bitcoin, and you can basically just roll from that state. So the entire idea, I think, I think it's a very technical topic. So we would uh, first release the architecture paper. We can do a technical deep dive, but there's already progress being made. And I think, I think I wouldn't be surprised if by the end of Q1, uh, developers can actually get access to a test data. I think which would be very, very exciting. Obviously, uh, you know, uh, people are feeling the pain of uh, 
the high uh, mempool backlog today, but obviously these are complicated systems to build, but even the timeline of trying to get a testnet live by the end of Q1 is, is pretty aggressive. And I, I'd, be, I'd be thrilled if, if we're actually able to hit that. Great, thank you. I'm curious about how you're thinking about potentially bridging to other ecosystems um, and how you might approach that. Yes, so I think the, the really interesting thing about Stacks is really that the protocol itself is decentralized, independent miners run it, and even the people who work on it, like there's so many different entities, so many different people kind of like experimenting with their own things. Uh, just like I'm trying to focus on the hyperchains idea, Jude at the foundation is working on uh, app chains. Uh, there are other types of solutions that we have seen as well. And, and similarly, uh, we're seeing a similar thing happen on the bridges side. Uh, there are some NFT projects that are working on a certain type of bridges to bridge to Ethereum. I've seen some work where people are trying to bridge to Solana. I've seen some uh, other entities were working on uh, or trying to work with companies that actually specialize in bridging solutions uh, to then try and extend bridges to a, to a lot of uh, different places. I'm personally not that focused on bridges right now. I think most of my cycles are going on uh, scal like scalability layers, uh, but I do think once that work is, is done, um, I, I do want to focus on bridges afterwards. And, and maybe maybe uh, in the ecosystem by that time, there are bridges already. Right, but I'm I'm directly not, not spending a lot of cycles on it right now. All right, thank you. And so I believe that the next Stacks Accelerator cohort is also sort of in the works, accepting applications. Um, what kinds of businesses would you love to see built on Stacks over the next years? Yeah, I mean, first of all, like the the team at the Stacks Accelerator did a tremendous job. Like I think if you think of any accelerator that this starts the initial quality of the startups is usually not that high. And I think they set a very high bar for just the first batch and the quality of startups that have come out. And I think it's like the free markets are speaking for themselves, right? Like so many of those companies have just gone on to raise capital very quickly from top investors. They've actually uh, shipped working products. They, they're, uh, they're, they're going live on mainnet. And that just speaks to the quality of the founders and engineers that are attracting to the ecosystem. And that's just amazing to see. For, from an accelerator perspective, if you produce a very strong first batch and you can actually show results that look, you know, uh, people who graduated from the accelerator, they were able to raise X amount of uh, capital from so many top investors, it actually becomes really easy to then attract more, more entrepreneurs. Like it's, it's like a flywheel, right? Like you are, uh, the startups that graduated become the best ambassadors and examples of like what can happen. So I do think that they're off to a very strong start. I wouldn't be surprised if the quality of applications only goes up from here. And um, I've heard Trevor say that they might actually reduce the size uh, because they want to experiment with like a smaller batch size. So I think it will be much more competitive, but I highly encourage everyone to, to apply. I personally talked to so many uh, founders who went through the program and they were raving about the experience. Like if you, if you're interested in Web3, if you're interested in crypto, uh, like I think this is one of the best places to come and really uh, immerse yourself in the experience and learn uh, at, a, at a very fast pace and basically build something uh, from, from scratch and, and, and launch it. And I think that's always the best way to, 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 to learn. Uh, if you think that uh, the work that people are doing in Web3 is going to kind of like change the entire economy, imagine how big of a role Bitcoin can play. Bitcoin is by far the largest cryptocurrency, by far the largest community and, and, and brand out there. Anyone who learns about crypto, they learn about Bitcoin first. And I think there is a huge uh, opportunity right now 
to make Bitcoin productive, to make Bitcoin programmable, to use it in so many applications, to really use it as a as a foundation for Web3. And, and, and maybe it, it wouldn't be the case two, three years from now when this place starts to attract so many developers. But right now there is an opportunity where if you look at the the size of the opportunity to the number of developers working in it, it is it's pretty pretty off right now, and I think that's that's where uh, you can come in and actually make make a huge difference. Thank you. Now you have been working on Stacks the project for many years now. I feel like at this point we're seeing sort of the fruits of that labor coming to life, um, but you are still sort of pedal to the metal, taking a ton of meetings. Your calendar it looks crazy for anyone who's listening, um, and so yeah, I know it's obviously inspiring to see this community building in Stacks. But um, what really keeps you going and, and pushing every day? Yeah, I think I think the interesting thing is that. Um, I, I would love to code more. Like I think uh, some weeks ago, I got to hack on a multi-sig wallet. I just loved it. I just getting back into programming and being able to uh, write working code. Like that feeling is is just just there's nothing like it. The next best thing is uh, working on interesting research challenges. So I think some of the scalability work, like that's that that's the kind of stuff that I would do if I'm retired. Right. So if I get to do that right now, then then what, what like what what else do I need? And that's the kind of stuff that I would do when I was a grad student, right? So imagine you know for me like a perfect day is like you're sitting in a quiet library and you're actually uh, learning about something that is as fascinating or you're trying to solve a problem that your mind just can't stop working on, right? So that's that's kind of like my default state to be. Uh, in an ideal world, I would actually take less meetings. Uh, the kind of meetings I have to take or the work I do, it's it's a, it's a little bit like uh, whatever whatever is the most uh, most use of my time, I'll kind of like just go ahead and do that. I do think like I draw a lot of energy by interacting with our community and by seeing like other people like so passionate about what we are doing. Uh, so it's a, I think it's a combination of like if you divide my day into like three parts, like one part is uh, whatever time I get for like deep work. Like that's definitely the number one thing. Like if if I could have it my way, I would probably just do that and maybe just do programming. And then the, the the second part is the kind of stuff that just needs to get done. And that's that's pretty much like you know, okay, I mean, we have to do it. Not that I uh, not that you know I'm the best person to do this job, but I'll do it right now until we can find some someone better who can actually do that work. And then the third part is actually the community interaction. So I take, I draw my energy from the community interaction and deep work, and then I just power through the, the kind of stuff that basically I, I, I have to do. All right. Well, thank you so much for sharing. And thanks for being here, Maneev. And thanks to everyone tuning in and to those who have subscribed already. If you enjoy this content, um, definitely please make sure that you are subscribed. Um, like this video, leave us a comment, and we're here if you have any questions. Thank you so much and see you next week. So thank you.